Welcome back to GPS Sports. It is officially season two here on the podcast. Connor, Seth, how are you guys? It's season two, baby. We're back. We're excited. It's time. Let's get this bread. Also, if you could send us some bread, that would be great. We um, are desperately in need of food. We've been in the send studio. Us this bread. I mean, can you send us some bread? Quinn, I'll be honest. I'm doing quite well. I feel, I feel all pent up. Look at me, guys. Look at me. I know it's hard to say. <laughs> Man, Look at you me. are pent. I, I'm all pent up. Um, I, what, how long has it been? Months? Uh, two? I, our like last two podcast, months. I Almost think, was December months. 10th or something. I'm hurting inside. I have I have sports <laughs> an- analysis just we bursting missed, out of the scenes here. We missed here. the entirety of the NFL playoffs. Well, you know, and that's how, you know, so our fans, they get to listen to us during the playoffs. This is me telling them our plan. Then we play hard to get. They don't notice us until we're gone. They go through the playoffs not knowing. Like, man, I, I just want GPS sports like, back. Derek Henry, what's his deal? I don't even understand him we could, we could yeah. have <laughs> explained i would have called that derrick henry would have ran through both um the ravens and also i'm blanking patriots buddy. patriots there you go i would have called that but I actually we weren't recording well. Dude, um, nice see we probably would have called we, it we call it when we're not on air you know yeah so anyway we're back <laughs> anyway <laughs> we're back uh we hope you missed us. Um, but season two is full of a lot of fun stuff. We got some stuff up our sleeve. We're excited to uh, be working on. So there's so much in our sleeves right now. Yes, our sleeves are full, overfilled. Is that a word? <laughs> oh well, they're if you over- could fill our sleeves with bread, that would be greatly appreciated. I'm wearing short we, sleeves. I, like I can't, but I still have more than Seth. I, I can't tell you guys how much sleeves. we need bread. You rolled them up, huh? Now I'm wearing short sleeves. It's a metaphor. It's a big metaphor. Anyway, let's get started on sports. Um, So we missed a lot. uh, So I think we should go do like a quick recap of all the stuff that's happened since we last. So much stuff. But if you don't know this, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, because if you're really a sports fan, you should know all this stuff. Turn this off now. Yeah, losers. Freaking gosh. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. We haven't even told you what you haven't heard yet, but you need to turn this off. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, How are the last two months, Dad? Are you okay? I'm really upset, and it's going to take me (laughs) a few minutes to get back into the groove. Here we go. So, uh... Obviously, the biggest storyline that we missed was, like I said, the NFL playoffs. Um, lots, lots to unpack there. We're going to get into it later in the podcast, talk about the Super Bowl. That's actually the first thing that we have uh, on Ledger after this. Uh, but some big surprises. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think Derek, what Derek Henry was able to do, uh, well, the Patriots defense's back half of the season wasn't at, wasn't what it was. Mm-hmm. It was historic the first half, but it they just fell off. I we all kind of saw that loss coming. I don't. I don't. See, I didn't see it in Tom Brady to be able to make another run like that. And seeing what Derrick Henry did to that, and the Ravens, um, and seeing Lamar, that was hard to see what that playoff game. I think there's time. What's Lamar like? I like legit. Um, Joe Burrow, the Heisman winner, the probably the first pick to the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. likely is older than Lamar Jackson coming out of college, and so. I, it's fine. Don't panic with the Ravens. That was, I think, the AFC picture for me was the story of the uh, NFL postseason. And to see what Derrick Henry did for me, at least trumps what the Chiefs were able to do, even though they were able to stop him. I was, I think, for me, the, the biggest story was watching Derrick Henry run for what was it, 180 yards yeah. in three straight games. That's unprecedented. It is killed it. legit he, unprecedented. He killed it. Yeah. Uh, the Titans as a team killed it. Ryan Tannehill starting. They were two and four, gentlemen. Yep. Two and four yep. in yeah. six weeks. I mean, I I don't know. I'm glad he made the Pro Bowl too. He absolutely deserved comeback that. player of the year. Comeback we love to see year. that. Yeah. I'm really happy with what the Titans were able to do was, put well, together. Kick the Patriots out. Well, I mean, yeah, we're all really happy to see that. Super happy, then super sad for me. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, also, it's okay. I will say, GPS Sports took a collective L. That what was it? The yeah, that was the uh, yeah a few weeks ago yeah. semifinals Div- divisional divisional yeah yeah the Ravens lost and then the Seahawks lost in the oh season. I remember yeah. that the same day <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a hard day I was watching in the airport with a, a number of other Seattleites and the moment Jimmy Graham first of all. I think he did get that first down. I'm just going to put that out there for the Seahawks game. He mm-hmm. fell at the line. People were trying, what's the ball spot? When in football, one of the things that makes it such a great sport is the human element of refereeing that game. Yep. And the ball spot is that second, I think, to the um, 
offensive uh, pass interference or defensive pass interference. Um, it is the best element that football has for it in the human realm that referees can sort of judge mess based up. on seeing yeah, they yeah. can mess I think up. Those are the moments so. in sports that we remember the most are the ones that don't go the way that we want them to or think they should have. Yeah. Sure. For yeah. instance, 2007, Matt Holiday did not touch home plate. Go look up that footage. Just, just saying. <laughs> Quinn hasn't slept a good night of as a, the rest as a of Padres, 2007. As a Padres fan, we should have made the playoffs that year. I, love, I digress. More and more that I watch sports, though, I do love the human aspect of the referees. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is why if you I took hate, it away, it wouldn't be... No. I hate how... I, I don't hate it. I, I understand where they're coming from. When they're discussing, like, putting robo-umps in baseball no. for balls and strikes, Mm-mm. I don't know. I that, can see the argument for it, but also I think the human element is fun. A good pitch is one that fools the ump. Yeah. Also, pitch framing is a cool thing, too. Yes. Yes. Ca- because catchers, catchers. That helps catchers war. Mm-hmm. Austin Hedges, catcher for the Padres. Yeah. Uh, According to his offensive war alone, without defense in there, um, you mean opposite? What you mean? Just defense? No, I mean his oh, offensive okay. war alone is like negative one point five. Ooh! With defense in there, he has almost a one point five war. So oh! he is an insanely good catcher. Okay, yeah, defensively, but yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Human elements really cool. Uh, other stuff that we missed though over the last month um, to kind of transition. Uh, just yesterday, no, two days ago, uh, Mookie Betts got traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I want to point out that on, what was it? Episode, you were just going through the Google doc episode, like three or something like that. Yeah. My tinfoil hat take was the Red Sox are going to be rebuilding. So yeah. uh, Uh, give me, how do you feel as a Red Sox fan that Mookie Betts is going away? I think it's a good move. Really? Yeah. Cause they only had a year left of control on him. Um, he was going to be a free agent at the end of this year. And he has said from the beginning that he wants to test the free agency and see Um, how much money he can get. So the Red Sox were going to lose him either way. This way they get more value and not just compensatory. Compensatory. Compensatory draft picks. So I like the move. And I think they also unload uh, a big burdensome salary in David Price, which was a great move. Yeah. the Dodgers kind of took those two on, but also unloaded some of their team. And we can talk more yeah. about that later in the podcast, the impact that that is going to have. We're just previewing all the goodies that are coming out for you today. Yeah. Um, going to be fun. So stick around. It's it's but, a three hour long podcast. Nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. Seth told us that at the same time. He told our viewers. Uh, yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. But you got Jock Peterson now being traded to the Angels. Yeah. Um, and both Kent Maeda and Ross Stripling being traded away from the Dodgers as well. Stripling to the Angels, yes? Uh, I believe so. Kent yeah, yeah. to the Twins. Twins. Yeah. Cool. Bruzdar Gratterall. Sports time. Bruzdar Gratterall. That is a drug. If you yeah, or a loved can... one have been affected by Bruzdar Gratterall, <laughs> you are due to financial compensation, so please call 1 800 666 That was great. Uh, and then I also. I think of it as like a steroid. Like, yeah, um, don't don't catch him if you inject some bruise. This doll. just in Lance Armstrong was caught for doing bruise and all got a roll with our bar. Oh, that. He, on Oprah live. This is this is him saying it. Uh-huh. Everyone was doing it. Oprah. Everyone was doping. <laughs> I didn't know Lance Thanks Armstrong. Was Shut a up, girl. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how he sounds. Um, and then finally, me. finally, uh, to bring it back to being serious uh, is um, Kobe Bryant unfortunately passed away uh, just last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, tragic. There were seven others killed in that crash, including him and his daughter, um, Kobe think, and Gianna I Bryant. Eight, I think it was a total of nine. In, including the pilot. With, yeah, 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 yeah. So nine. Yeah. Um, absolutely tragic what happened there. Um, I covered it for the Chimes, actually. Yeah, uh, Quinn and I got a chance to, to go down to the memorial, and that was... Mm-hmm. I've been... I went as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, a couple so, days yeah, ago. I'm glad we all got a chance to see... Absolutely uh, yeah. just a sight to behold. Like, that. Mm-hmm. the fact, I think, to me, what Kobe Bryant means, and admittedly, you guys know I'm not the biggest basketball fan, um, but Kobe Bryant is a name that has been... It transcends the sport yeah. far, right. far, far and beyond. I know, I knew who Kobe was in kindergarten, yeah. you know, and that, that just speaks volumes yeah. to the impact that this one man left on a community 
a worldwide global community, mm -hmm. uh, not to mention just the community here in LA. Um, and it's tragic what happened. If you haven't seen Shaquille O'Neal uh, talk about yeah. it, yeah. Uh, the night They're really powerful night after it, absolutely go watch that video. Um, Cause to see a man like Shaq in tears um, is just it speaks to who Kobe was and his mm -hmm. effect on the people. I think uh, especially so that all three of us have gone to the memorial to see how the city of Los Angeles has come together in the wake of the passing yes. of these nine people has been um, extraordinary. And I think it just speaks to the testament and legacy that Kobe will leave behind. It's, it's a tragedy that goes beyond words seriously. And uh, I think all we can do is to take his legacy seriously, right? And to mm -hmm. take what he would have wanted and the things that he was doing in the WNBA and what he was doing as um, a basketball player who had retired and then become a business mogul for himself, a father. Um, I think it just speaks to how we as to see what LA has done, which is to take his legacy, take it seriously, act upon it. I think is like the best thing that we can do in response Absolutely. to such a needless tragedy. It's been great to see so many people become so admirable of his post basketball career mm -hmm. um, and see that example that he set um, as an entrepreneur, um, but more importantly as a family man that he became mm -hmm. um, and just kind of, yeah, seeing how he grew in that sense and through seeing the city come together when Quinn and I went, uh, there was a business handing out free flowers for people mm -hmm. to put Stub at Hub. the memorial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. StubHub was doing that um as well as there was a lady who had i don't even know what the the yeah the p it was a piece of art yeah really it was a cool. three dimensional uh mm -hmm. art piece that was extremely well done that she was just walking around showing to people she yeah. wasn't trying to sell it she wasn't trying to really do anything with it other than for it to be seen um and so that was beautiful we also talked to a gentleman um who was uh said he was going to be in the special olympics uh this upcoming year going to mm -hmm. play basketball um in the special olympics in los angeles said he was going to dedicate his performance um to kobe which was incredible we we just talked to five or six people that we randomly picked out and each one of their stories was absolutely incredible of what brought them to that location on that particular day yeah i'm this and this is a testament of like what brings us in a room like this this is what sports does right mm -hmm. for a lot of people who aren't who don't get it Sports can look like just people putting a ball where it's supposed to go, you yeah. know, put the puck yeah. in the net. But what sports, it, it transcends that. So it just absolutely transcends that to be a culture and a community of people who are coming around each other um, for the sake of competition, which I think is deep within the human experience. And I, uh, I think to see how Los Angeles has responded to uh, this Kobe incident, it I think reminds us what sports is for, and it's for bringing us together. Uh, it was what three of us are doing in this room, right? Yeah. We're using it as the avenue to come together, and I think it's a beautiful thing. We had a great monologue on what sports means to us and what sports means to community on our last podcast, yeah. season one, episode ten. Um, so if 10 you minutes. haven't listened to that, yeah. uh, go back there, listen to the last ten minutes of that podcast because I do think that that was a great testament as to. Uh, what sports means yeah. uh, to so many people. That's why we're so close. Um, let's transition to uh, talking about the Super Bowl. Um, happened last Sunday. Yes, sir. So we are now uh, four weeks into the football offseason. Um, and I think there's a lot to unpack in this game. Um, first off, I want to say, uh, and this is this is my, my take on the game, the 49ers, their defense was excellent for so much of that game yeah they were collapsing the pocket so well and mm -hmm. pat mahomes didn't have any time to get the ball off and you saw that on on so many plays into the uh, 10 points heading in the fourth quarter right into yeah. the third quarter um they were just pressuring him so well uh and he was throwing the pass sh the passes short and that's just something you don't he see he didn't look himself in that game exactly yeah. and for the first three quarters i remember yeah. in the third quarter saying saying there's no way they're going to win this game because the 49ers are playing way too well right now. Yeah. But whatever happened between that third and fourth quarter uh, lit a fire what a switch. under what the What a good Super Bowl. Thank goodness for a good Super Bowl mm. because <laughs> we needed one. That, and that, where I want to go with this, that's just a, a testament to how 
excellent a quarterback Patrick Mahomes really is. Yeah. Because to transition from getting absolutely destroyed in the pocket, he he, he had no coverage, um, to becoming you know this this the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you don't you agree with you that? Agree? I, no. No, because we always give it to the dang quarterback. Yeah, but who else in that game deserved it? Damian Williams. Easily. Because what he did at his position was greater than what Mahomes did at the position. Williams was consistent throughout the game and was pushing his best for four quarters. Now, Mahomes gave us a magical fourth quarter, but you cannot tell me that he was the MVP of that entire game. Not for the whole game, but Two I do think I think the point that you could make for that is that is that he switched it around and he had the mentality to switch that around because a lot of quarterbacks would crack under that pressure and not be able to come back from that. Okay. Fine. This, Seth, is a commentary that Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP is a commentary on the quarterback position in the National Football League. Because let's look at the MVP. What does it stand for? We got most valuable player. Damian Williams was not, it's just, just because of the way the sport is structured, isn't as valuable as Patrick Mahomes. So if Damian Williams would have hit another level in the fourth quarter, it would have become a moot point because you were, you're not wrong. He was consistent. He was great. Damian Williams had a great Super Bowl. Yeah. He is the hero of uh, for Kansas City in many ways, but not like Patrick Mahomes is because when we see Patrick Mahomes take the jump, you see the entire team. I mean, they put up 21 points in the last quarter of a Super Bowl win. It's a commentary on how the sport is structured if your quarter it's very difficult and this is why the whole MVP discussion always centers a little bit around quarterbacks in the National Football League just for the regular season because that is the most valuable person on the field and so what we saw Patrick Mahomes do and this is why I believe he is deserving of it because you see him he is the most valuable player. When he turns around, the game turns around. If Damian Williams started to suck in the fourth quarter, it might not have mattered as much as if Patrick Mahomes really started, uh, let's say, wilting under the pressure halfway sure. through his comeback. And again, that's not the way that it's always been. And and I think that's important. Yeah, maybe to like note. the '70s or something. Right. Yeah. But but Jerry this Bradshaw is this is a new this is a new win. phenomenon. You look back 10, 15 years ago, maybe most of the MVP candidates are probably wide receivers running, or not most, but but a good portion of them. You know, um, and I think we are. We talked last season about the era of the quarterback. You know, um, and how you have guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, even. Like all from, you know, mid 2000s to, to the mid 2010s, I think we're entering into a new era of the quarterback, but it's a different one. It's not yeah. as focused on passing. It's focused on guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, maybe Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson, I mean. And Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, to be fair but to Russell he was, Wilson, he's he's kind of the leader of that. Right. Young he was early to the party. And, and Cam even, Newton. even Cam Newton yeah. at one point. Yeah. Uh, was Robert was, Griffith III was the what we that's the shadow those are the side pioneers, a flash you know? in the party pan yeah but we're we're hitting it we're hitting a time now where this is going to be the norm and this is going to be what teams are looking for in their quarterbacks is guys that are versatile and that can pass and run yeah yeah I mean it's it's just the evolution of the game this is I think we all could see it coming as athletes are getting more athletic then you can have a quarterback who can be more dynamic right Lamar Jackson's he he runs. He, he runs on like Michael Vick. I mean, that sentence alone, the fact that I said that is wild enough. And he can pass. I, we, he proved it this last season. He can pass really, really well. Is he elite in his passing? No, but that's fine, right? He's still very, very good at passing. And I think the evolution of athletes as they get uh, stronger, as they get start training younger, which we can talk about a whole nother time, is this evolution. I, it doesn't surprise me to see, um, you see Steve Young, like these highlights from Steve Young when he's in like 1990s, Troy Aikman, and you see these guys scramble it is unlike anything that the, the quarterbacks are scrambling now. Yeah. I mean, it's day and night. You yeah. can't tell me. Steve Young is like running down the field and will like juke left right. in a highlight it, to see like what Lamar does per run. Even uh, Warren, Warren Moon night. is another name that comes comes to mind oh, as, yeah. as a running quarterback. You know, yeah. Also Mike Vick, of course, but mm -hmm. um, these guys who kind of pioneered this, but way before this time right now, yeah. you know, 
Uh, and back in their time, they were heralded as, as unique, you know? And I think this is going to be something that we see more and more as we, uh, progress into mm-hmm. kind of a new age in football. Yeah, I think that the, the, like guys like that, Randall Cunningham, um Fran Tarkenton, that he was Fran Tarkenton. These are people of the, the <laughs> sign a it's stunt. a sign to come. It's the sign to come. Yeah. And I think um Lamar Jackson and Pat, what we saw Patrick Mahomes doing the Super Bowl, what we've seen like this new age of the quarterback who can be super Justin Fields, what he's been doing for Ohio State. Oh, yeah. We can see this happening in college as well. Um where I think this is the the evolution is to be more of a running based quarterback. But what we also see in the NFL a lot too. Remember the Wildcat? Any remember the, anyone remember uh, the Wildcat offense mm-hmm. where you just hike the ball? Uh, Ronnie Brown for the Miami Dolphins. You just hike the ball to the running back and you do something with that. I think we. I mean, the Chiefs ran it in the Super Bowl. They a few did. Times, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they did a couple of them. But it's but again. But their most successful runs, I would argue, were the ones that Pat Mahomes ended up oh making. sure yeah i'm just saying they successfully utilized that play package yeah which is right. something from the past but yeah we've we've kind of progressed through these different eras yeah my point is this gentlemen do i think this is sort of like the fruition is lamar jackson the fruition of players like fran tarkenton and randall cunningham yes i think so but could let's say let's say this lamar jackson did you see that hit patrick mahomes took Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he was scrambling yeah. and didn't get down yeah. fast enough, yeah. that is the risk. Robert Griffin the third, oh, his career is is kaput. Yeah. Basically, he's like he's kind of like um, uh, what's Walmart's brand? Great value. Uh, great. He's like great value with the three sunshine bands. Uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, like he is not. He's just not the player that he was in Washington for his first two years. Yeah. Right. And so I'm just going to say this. Is this, a, is this a fad? I don't think so. Is it super dangerous for quarterbacks to be like this? Yes. I think we're going to see things balance out as years. And continue. that's why I also want to add, I think that the fact that we're seeing this more is a result of uh, increased safety measures and awareness in the NFL. Because yeah. this has been such a controversy over the last few years, this whole CTE thing. Um and, and we're seeing a lot more awareness of injury and what that can do to players. Um, and I think because of that, it's, it's, it's becoming a safer environment for quarterbacks to be risky like this. I think the NFL will continue to take more precautions as yeah, inevitably the should. next Lamar Jackson's or even Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But what I think also happens is because <laughs> <God> college, <forbid. laughs> yeah, really, college will start cranking out more of these guys mm-hmm. that are like Lamar and Deshaun and J- even Josh Allen. And because yeah, of that, Josh there will Allen, be a higher example. turnover yeah. in quarterbacks. You won't have any more Brady's that play till they're 48. You know, mm-hmm. you will have guys that have solid five to six year careers. Yeah. Which is going to be interesting in terms of discussion for Hall of Fame, because yeah. you're going to have to shift that, yeah. uh, that perception of a quarterback if this does end up happening. Um, from guys like Tom Brady, Aaron yep. Rodgers, um, Drew Brees, to these guys that are having insanely good careers, yeah. but in a shorter Well, time if our span. predictions are correct and we're saying this is the era of the quarterback, which it is, then there has never been a sport that has focused so much in a team sport on one player. Because in baseball, the pitcher doesn't even mean this much. In mm-hmm. in basketball, you don't have a, a single player on that court or a single position that means yeah, this Yeah, LeBron much. can mean a lot, but not not like no. a quarterback. No way. And you can't say like, oh, because LeBron is a, is a small forward. Like the small forwards are always com- no. commanding that game. There are 22 starting players yeah. on an NFL field, yep. and the quarterback is demanding all of the attention attention, which is once again, I, I believe, you know, slightly frustrating for these other positions when it comes to awards. But if we're talking about this in in the case of quarterbacks going to the Hall of Fame, I, I got to think that you could see a ton with a five to six year career with, oh, they had two Lombardi trophies. They had an MVP. They had a thousand yards rushing, you know, three seasons and, you know, thousands of yards passing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think this is this is my argument with like the wildcat offense is what we see in the NFL is obviously it is next it's a very next man up mentality yeah. it's like any good business you're having a new strategy for success and a new strategy for success each one evolving on the other the faults of the other one i think the danger with um the running quarterback system is that lamar jackson 
legitimately is just at risk more than Drew Brees is. Yeah. Is I mean, Drew Brees is a hard example because of his age, but then a quarterback who would play like Drew Brees, let's right. say that, he's just at risk more. And risk versus benefit, I think right now the risk is not high enough and the benefit is way too high because Lamar Jackson is he's the unanimous MVP. I mean, it's incredible what the Ravens were ever able to do with him. And so I think what we are going to see in the future, though, is as we kind of get sort of our great value Lamars come up, because I think it's also a copycat league, right? Oh, this worked for them. Let's try the exact same thing. We just saw the president of the Knicks be um, named today, and it's an agent, just like the copycat of what the Golden State was able to do. And, um, oh, crap, another team whose president was a former agent. Can't find it in my brain. Uh, anyway, bottom line is this: sports. Are, it's a like any other good business um, for success. It's going to be a copycat for to replicate the exactly. same results that, or they're going to try to. And I don't know. I'm just saying this, Quinn. It's a high risk type of evolution that we are in right now, and I'm interested to see how it plays out. And I think what we're end up going to find is, like all things in life, some sort of balance, right? Absolutely. Do I think Russell Wilson is that perfect balance? Yes, I do. I think he runs just enough, and I think he passes just mm-hmm. enough. Am I biased? Well, of course I of am. Of course you are. Yeah. But is he a Hall of Fame <laughs> candidate? Come on, give us a cu- give us a couple more years. We'll, we'll see. We're going to see what we're going to do as um, long as he stays healthy. Yeah. I want to take it back to the actual Super Bowl itself. Um, great sidebar discussion. Um, yeah, we'll but, probably be having that talk for months, yeah, years, Yeah, I whatever. feel like that's, that's a topic that's going to come up again. Yeah. Um, but Especially if someone gets injured. Let's talk about this game in particular because there's a lot of implications uh, that come with this Super Bowl. Uh, and the first thing I want to talk about is, uh, I'll ask both of you guys, is this Super Bowl... Uh, appearance, the beginning of the window for the 49ers, or was this a fluke year? No, of course it's the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, the window is not... I don't think the window is like wide, wide open for them. Like they're the Patriots that are just going to run through the NFC every year because the NFC is really tough. But if you look around them, their competition is older than they are. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways. And they created something that not everyone is doing with undrafted free agents and quarterba- a quarterback that isn't the all-star of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing you know little stuff with, oh, you got a great yeah. tight end, which is a weird position to be great at. I think I, think I, I really quick want to yeah. touch on that. I think a testament to how good this team was was the fact that their quarterback, while he, while he, he is good, was Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, mm-hmm. and and nobody would call Jimmy Garoppolo in their right mind an elite quarterback. You know, he was their Super Bowl MVP. I'll tell you that. Much. Right, absolutely. He was the Mahomes for the first three. But quarters. that team, but the reason that team was successful was. wasn't because of Jimmy Garoppolo. No, it was because of all the other key components that they have working Kyle well Shanahan. for them. Absolutely, that, and that's why my that's my answer exactly, boys. Is I think it is Kyle Shanahan. And that is the reason why I think this is why they're looking at a really nice window is because when you look at their player contracts, they have a really young core Mm -hmm. and they have a young core that can be under contract for a couple more years. And that it's the money. That's the hardest thing with the uh, 49ers right now. Defensively, I think they, they can replicate that. However... Because I think they have a good young core. However, Jimmy Garoppolo is getting paid a lot. Okay, yeah. I think that that and the same goes for the Rams. The Rams have a killer. They have a killer team. I don't know what happened to them last year. Full disclosure: I have no idea what happened. But when you pay, let's call it a B quarterback. Let's call Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo in the same category. I think you could B make plus. The, yeah, I, I'd say B. I'm telling you, Quinn. I'm okay. saying I'm saying B. And you are entitled to that opinion. I know because, and I think they are made great by great. Coaches coaches okay I think Tom Brady obviously is made great by Bill Belichick but Bill Belichick's also made by Tom Brady in a way that Jared Goff does not make um, Sean McVay great and so I will say this those quarterbacks are getting paid a lot of money and I am interested to see I think this is where I want the conversation to go they are facing their window of opportunity right now the 49ers yes however Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to play at a very high level of play for them to be able to be viable as a playoff contender he has been able to do that he's shown it he tore his ACL a year ago and this is his first year back usually it takes players two years to come back we've all seen a number of these cases happen Um, and so I'll say this 
he has given me reason to believe in the 49ers. However, if we do see the 49ers crumble, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo's fault as a player and because he's getting paid too much in that. However, you have to pay him that much because we were just talking about the value of the quarterback. So Jimmy Garoppolo is... I think the X factor for their success. They are facing their window, yes, but it depends on how Jimmy Garoppolo performs to say how they do within that window. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and on the flip side of this, uh, let's talk about the Chiefs. I think that there's a case to be made for us seeing the start of a Chiefs sort of mini dynasty, uh, almost like we saw in kind of the mid 2010s with the Broncos under Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, just a team that uh, is fairly dominant in their division, uh, and and I don't want to say has a stranglehold, but but well, could who, who can stop them? Exactly. And to me in the AFC. There is only one answer for the next three to five years. Derrick Henry. No. Playing <laughs> every position. The Titans. <laughs> I like where this is going. 22 and paste. free agents. Copy and paste. <laughs> 22 free agents the Titans have. That's going to be a totally different team next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, Titans, yeah. You know, they're, look out for them. There's some weird dark horses in the AFC. But if you look at the AFC South, the Texans are still figuring it out. They have too many missing pieces to. Really yeah, the be Texans considered. are close, but they're they, close. There's something. They're right? Not close enough, though. Yeah, twenty-one blowing twenty-one zero the way that they did. Yeah. That but, goes to show, you know, that's a team of runs. Yeah. But the Chiefs, on the other hand, as opposed to every other team, they stand alone in the AFC as a team that has everything together. They have, yeah, I I stand by that statement. They have the defense to show for it. They have the offense. Um, they have good. Those are the two sides of the ball, <laughs> right? They have, but they and, have, and Quinn's like and the special team. And a, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn! No, I was gonna say in the coaching staff too. Uh, and not you, the special team because I, mm-hmm. I, I really do like Andy Reid. Not the special um, team. Okay, what is your name? Hold on, Raven- they got the special teams. Hop off, bro. Hop, hop. <laughs> Michael Harmon, Tyreek Hill. Are you kidding me? You cannot punt to the Chiefs. No, you, can't you can't punt. To That's them. true. They got it all. Yeah. But you're telling me Except that the Ravens the don't have everything that you just mentioned. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying yeah. that you're wrong that the Chiefs the Chiefs do have everything. Yeah. But, but I'm saying that they have one competition. And if the Ravens, you know, sputter out, I think Lamar the Ravens injured. The, the thing with the Ravens is we're gonna have to wait and see next year. No, we don't. Everyone. Okay, I'm over this. No, no, I, I, because <laughs> I, I, right I'm now I am tired of everyone giving the Ravens crap after they, one. No, loss. they had a they great, won twelve. Straight. They had a great season this year. Don't get me wrong. A on that. better season than the Chiefs. Absolutely. I, I okay. I'll, so I'll contest what is that. To be argued. Okay, but also the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been. The Chiefs Bow. have been. <laughs> the Chiefs have been building up to this for for a longer time, and I think the Ravens. So what? So what I'm saying <laughs> so what? is that shut up. <laughs> we we can pretty much say for for a pretty sure fact that the Chiefs are for a fact going to be good next year because they've been good for a few years in the past. I too, sure. And the Ravens have one and a half, so I don't, I don't yeah, get your big I, difference. You're right because because <laughs> I'm wrong. Lamar, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take Lamar the showed on up in the second half of that Mahomes season. He, he Mahomes got to play that whole season where he was first starting and ended up MVP. I concede. Okay, <laughs> but also Thank, that that will be in that in that sense. That, I will that'll still be an interesting this, dynamic. Yeah, I'll still take this as an opportunity to rant against you. You know, even though you've admitted defeat, um, <laughs> but just against everyone who's just like, ah, oh, yeah, the Ravens are garbage because they lost that game. It's like, no, this is, right now we have no proof to say that this isn't a two-team battle. There's no one else ever. The Bills, the Texans, uh, everybody is too far behind. The Patriots are are now on the, the down end. They're too far. There are. I wouldn't teams. count the Patriots out just yet. I, I was going to say there are a few teams that I would They're say not on the same didn't page. perform Think about the, as well the last franchise, year. Franchise though. All right, Quinn, you make your point, yeah. and then I'm going to argue the Patriots. There were a few teams that didn't make uh, as good of a performance last year as we thought they were going to. Yeah. Um, that have all the pieces there and just need to figure it out. Who? Browns. Potentially, <laughs> Char- Chargers. Here's the thing: if they, oh, no. it's like the Titanic. It's like if we can put the other half of the boat, uh, yeah. and connect it to the first half of the boat, we'll be fine. We can float the boat. No, but, but no, there's two. The boat's cut in half. But in terms of their teams, the Browns have it all there. The Chargers hypothetically probably have it all there. Although I'm not quite sure after this Who's season. Your quarterback. 
Well, that's that's their problem. Baker Mayfield. Also, don't but say don't say the your. Chargers. The Chargers aren't my team anymore. I abandoned them. How dare you? Quinn, All right, Quinn's here, such a fair weather fan. His number one sport is baseball, and he has two teams. Listen, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> listen, Quinn. Uh, you're to me. I I'm going to disagree with Seth yet again. I think that you are not a fair weather fan, and because you like baseball. And, and baseball, let's face it, is the most boring sport <laughs> you could conceive of. That golf. you could conceive of. No, I've watched golf, brother. I, <laughs> me and Connor sit down on the weekends. PBA, <laughs> and we uh, sip our Lacroix. PBA. What's PBA? Professional Bowling Association. All right, listen. I thought it was bull riding. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I w- okay, full disclosure, you're right. You got me with bowling, but that, okay. Which, the- Mookie Betts also, by the way. Yeah, wait, I can name a bowling An incredible guy bowler. Quote, really? Whoever you think I, wait, what is it? Who's that guy who was like the bad guy of bowling? Whatever you think you are, I am. I don't know he what you're referencing. And I didn't know what it meant, but people thought it was cool, and he wore glasses while he bowled. You know, I'm going to say this, Qu- Quinn. <laughs> what? All right, listen, I'm trying to affirm Quinn right now, live on the recording. All right, let's get back on track. Qu- Quinn, <laughs> yeah. listen, you like baseball, and that means you're tough as nails, period. Okay? Thanks, Connor. You're welcome, because you can just watch it, and that, man, I admire someone who can watch it. Um, when I turn on baseball, I start getting sad, because I'm like, okay, I, I, I have nothing better to do. Quinn is physically <laughs> the most brittle person that I know. Physically? What? Oh, man. Quinn, <laughs> I can think he of- is- Several who are more brittle. I want. Can we drop Quinn from like a medium height right now and see what happens? Quinn, <laughs> do the egg I, I drop. I don't think you're brittle. <laughs> okay, I'm just okay. I'm bringing it back in. I'm gonna make the adult decision and bring this back in. Thank Listen, you. are the Chiefs set? Could we see Chiefs 49ers again? I think that is possible. However. I, we cannot not talk about the Patriots front office. We cannot not talk about yeah. how the Chiefs defense is, let's face it, kind of full of free agents, kind of porous. Yeah. They're, they let teams run all over them. And it's okay because they do have Pat Mahomes, which we are seeing like this is the rise of to stardom. We're seeing it. The, his first three seasons, he, what did he get? Like rookie of the year, MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, come on. Talk about, I don't think you, I could name a better first three years for a player. And so the thing with the Chiefs is that there are holes, yes. And I think when we look at the Patriots, Tom Brady did not have anyone to throw the ball to, nor did he have anyone to hand the ball off to offensively. Defensively, I think they've got almost all the pieces there. Uh, Derrick Henry is a creature from another species, another planet, to to see what he was able to do to that Patriots defense. I don't think we can count out other teams in the um, AFC. There is a lot of parity going on in the NFL in the AFC and could we see Chiefs Niners again? Yes. Will we? No. I would bet money that we don't. I agree. But but because of competition, I don't think these teams are going away, but I think the competition is so good that they could be beat. However, I want to say to the testament of the 49ers to see what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have done within, I don't know, two years? Yeah. Has it been two years that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been there? To go from, I think they were a four-win team mm-hmm. a year before this Maybe one. less. I don't know. I yeah. think they yeah. won either three or four games. Yeah. To do that, turn around one season later and yeah. go 13 wins and go to the Super Bowl and being one quarter away with a 10-point lead to win it, that is the sign of danger. That's like dynasty going on right there. It's like when the Splash Brothers were, um, I think this was... They lost to the Clippers. They took the Clippers seven games in 2012 or whatever. And it's when, or they beat the Clippers and then they lost the next series. But it is. Go, go Clippers. It is such a great <laughs> loss so early yeah. that you say, oh, this could They're be a very dangerous back. team. So I'm going to say AFC, there's a lot going on. NFC, there's a lot going on, obviously. However, to, to I think this is my story. If you walk away from anything, walk away with this to see what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have done over the last two years is spectacular. Will they do it again? I think so. They've given me no reason to doubt them um, because at their growth exponentially has no ceiling. I'm calling it this year. I hope for it every year, but I think it's the first time where we can say it possibly realistically. I'm hoping for the GPS Super Bowl of Ravens versus Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be fun. That's Man. possible. 
DK Metcalf, 14 catches, 235 yards, four touchdowns. Well, we had we <laughs> had last <laughs> year. We had last year um, that G- one game. The GPS game, one game. Yeah, I, yeah, I was yep. there. I saw it live. Yeah. I and saw, I was... oh, they, they showed that Lamar scramble on uh, NFL Network and yeah. Sports Center all the, the time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just grinds my gears. You know where, like, yeah. he just about gets sacked, goes down the sideline. Uh, left sideline cuts across midfield. You know the way and you're nodding. Like slides. Oh my gosh! It's a uh, play. They want that is like the Lamar Jackson like B roll well, that, the af- that they yeah, can afford. Bangles. That yeah. NFL Live can afford, and they play it all the time. Oh, that grinds my gears. Well, oh. my girlfriend works at the NFL, so I does she's she really just subtle flex? Yeah, she does. Yeah, subtle flex, but yeah, subtle um, flex. So before she's we playing that clip, before the, we uh, transition into she found the B roll into okay. a different sport. Um, I want to talk real quick, just like converse about the entertainment factor of that Super Bowl because the flip around from last year's Super Bowl yes. to this one, like last year's Super Bowl, I'm not gonna lie, it was probably one of the most boring Super Bowls. The Bowl commercials weren't even good. No, it, it was this Super Bowl though. Yeah, was, was so worst. much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I just, I really enjoyed it as a sports fan, as a as a casual watcher of yeah. the Super Bowl. Uh, at the Super Bowl party, everyone was on their feet. You know, even even to the last minute, like the the fact that it was a close game, you know, at the end there and everyone was kind of like on their feet, like yeah. watching, uh, it was just a really good game, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I people were it. drunk in the third quarter because they thought it was over and then they sobered up for the fourth one, which, <laughs> or they just like stayed drunk. Yeah. I think <laughs> because that's how it works, Seth. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, yeah, without a doubt, the 2019 Super Bowl was that one the Von Miller Super Bowl against pa- the Panthers the Seahawks Super Bowl when we stomped the Broncos I'm not here to I mean <laughs> I, for me it was nice but I understand how it can be like oh it's just a blowout um, Seahawks those are, Super Bowl where they uh, uh, where they were lost by one yard yeah oh man I think Pat Mahomes was on the he was on like the three yard line um, and they were down I, I they were feel, down four and I said no everyone this they are not in the end zone I feel so <laughs> bad for Seahawks fans because that in oh the, do you mean the worst loss in that Sports and the Hauschka history? kick from like last year, two years ago, are like the two things that that Seahawks. Hauschka hasn't been on the Seahawks. Do you mean uh, uh, um, Blair Blair Walsh? Yeah, that one. Well, the Blair because it, it was the one? same week as the Hauschka kick. Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. If we want to talk about the Seahawks kicking woes, anyway, you, we can talk about the Seahawks kicking woes. Let's not as intensely as we can talk about how the Ravens have never had Connor kicking issues you, uh... and how Seth actually doesn't know what it feels like to be a uh, football fan because he's never struggled with a kicker. Connor could give stop, you an in-depth right analysis there. of 2011. AFC Championship, we're down by three, and Billy Cundiff is kicking a 30-yard. <laughs> Stop right there. Okay. Cites a very specific moment. All right, listen. I love it. I'm going to go to overtime in the AFC Championship game. I'm going to go didn't. back at you with this. 2019, okay. we got Sebastian Janikowski walking onto the field. Why? This man can't jog. Walks out to the field. Kicks a ball against, I think it was the Dallas Cowboys, pulls a hamstring. He pulls his hamstring by doing what, you ask? Kicking. (laughs) How hard did he kick? It was like 40-yarder. Oh, pull the hammy. He's out for the game. We're doing, now our punter's doing drop ball. (laughs) He's doing the drop ball thing. I don't want to hear it, Seth. (laughs) I don't want to hear it. Uh, That's fair. I feel bad for Seattle sports fans in general. I feel bad for. Yeah, we're we're not as tortured as some other <laughs> franchises out or other some some cities out there. Yeah, we've we definitely have had a rough go. That is yeah. that is certain. I feel like with the Seahawks, you get so close to greatness so many times, and then or not Seahawks, but Seattle in general. Yeah, and then just get it ripped away from you. Like the Mariners have had or that like having a basketball times. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. here let me let me let me paint you a picture of what it likes. It's like to be a sports fan in Seattle. So first of all you forget the Mariners exist. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, like when they win. And if they're winning, let's say let's say they're winning big. Let's say they're over 500 and we're in June. No one cares. Let's say that we are, um, let's say that, you, okay, let's say that someone brings up the Sonics. Everyone gets sad. Let's say that you bring up the Seahawks. Everyone has joy. Why, Quinn? Because that is a team that's viable. And I think for me, being a Seahawks fan, it's all about, 
entertaining the idea that one day we might be able to win. And we did in 2013. And it was it was a cherished moment for me. I was in the Dominican Republic on a missions trip uh, and I watched the game in Spanish with nice. food poisoning. And it was oh, the, one of the best days of my life. And so listen, Quinn. Are we a tortured city? Yes. But you can block out the Mariners pretty easily. They're so terrible so often, you can basically forget they exist. And it's okay. The Sonics literally don't exist. And so that's okay. And the Seahawks win a lot. And sometimes sometimes they lose. But that's okay. We got great coffee. You know, And so it's we're tortured, but not like some other cities because... It's not a city that's as, like, hell-bent on sports. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I got a question. Is anyone there, like, an OKC Thunder fan now? Um, like, did that fandom ever yeah, transfer? Yeah, there, there are some traitors in our, in our midst. In our midst. <laughs> yeah, in our midst. And because they were like, oh, it's the closest that we can get to the Sonics. And I'm like, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. The closest thing you can get is the Sacramento Kings because geographically. Uh, oh, no. Screw no, you, LeBron. I'm, yeah, I'm a Portland. LeBron fan, but when LeBron was like, no, oh, the Kings need to stay in Sacramento, I'm like, shut up, LeBron. You shut, you shut up. Here's the thing. There's a lot of Portland Trailblazer fans because we're pretty close to Oregon. Yeah, sure. and and that's nice. But again, they're they're like the Seahawks. They're literally they were owned by the Seahawks owner, uh, Paul Ryan. May he rest in peace as well. And so that they're very similar franchises in that Damian. Um, oh my gosh. Lillard, I was like spacing on like one of His my favorite players' name. names. Um, him, he's like the Russell Wilson of that team. Oh, he's very talented, very good. Um, why do they keep losing in the playoffs though? <laughs> I because they're not that good. Then they, one one thing I realized, um, I don't remember when, like a few weeks back, was I have never felt what it's like to have my home city win a championship, hmm. and probably won't for the foreseeable future. Unless and and that's that's why I, I'm I'm grasping onto the Padres. Do you guys have an XFL team? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. <laughs> we have the we have a minor league hockey team. Also, which is why, about the same. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Why doesn't Sandy like we we just we just keep getting our teams ripped away it's from because us? Because Cal- you guys the suck. money in California. Yeah, well, but we oh. but the Chargers <laughs> the Chargers are okay. Listen, Quinn, the money in California is in Silicon Valley and it's in L.A. Yeah, and if you want to give a state three teams or yeah. whatever. Like then they're gonna give the third team to LA again. It's <laughs> just, you guys it's can just come a up bummer here for you know, your sports. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. I just like. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I have the Red Sox, and that's you know, that's that's my AL team, and I, I felt what that's like to to be there for that, um, to be there for that sham. Yeah. Well, okay, we can dun, talk dun, about that. There's a curveball. Also, uh, <laughs> ruling on that's expected to come out tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Really. Big um, stuff. Actually, that's a good transition. Considering we have 13 minutes left, I don't really want to dip into the NBA because there's a lot to go into right there. Uh! <laughs> Oh no! Do we? Do you we want to rather we, give thirteen minutes and, to baseball? That's fine. Do you want to try and tackle it in thirteen minutes? Uh, we can tackle it in five to seven. Okay. Or, hey, timer. We'll, we'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. all right. Split that Let's time in then. half, and then we can handle half and half. And I think that would be better. Okay. I just want to. I want to be able to do it justice, and I don't want to. I don't want to cut short. Okay. Because there's a lot to, to unpack going on in the NBA. We right now. can fire through the NBA very quickly. Okay. Let's if we do don't it. hit it now, we might not hit it ever, Quinn. Let's go. Let's do it. We are at forty-eight minutes, so. Uh, yeah. All right, listen, boys. So Andre Drummond goes to the Cavaliers today. Today is the day of the yeah, trade deadline. Yeah, a lot of big trades today. A lot of big trades today. Okay, here's what that means. And then, Seth, you can weigh in, of course, whenever, wherever. Yes. What about um, me? No. Quinn, literally, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> of course you can weigh in. Thanks. Quinn, shut up. <laughs> All right, but Andre Drummond goes to the Cavs. What does this mean? Nothing right now. Because the Detroit Pistons, he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. And so what that is, is the Detroit knew that they were not going to have Drummond. And he would have been able to leave with the Pistons getting nothing in return. So the Pistons were not even selling to the highest bidder. They're selling to the most willing bidder. They're like, hey, someone take him. We're going to lose him in a couple months. We may as well get something for him. The Cavs offer him. they, They offer the... The Pistons, a couple Tic Tacs and a stick of gum. And then the Pistons are like, that sounds good to me. And now Andre Drummond is in like the best rebounding team, maybe in the NBA. Yeah, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Andre Drummond all on the same team. Is there anyone else? No, Seth. You could start for the Cavs. 
But yes. that is the best rebounding backcourt in basketball, maybe. Like, why? Huh? Why did they get... I When I saw that Cleveland got him, I was so confused. Cleveland, this is what Cleveland did, low risk. It was a very low yeah, risk what? because the Pistons would have taken anything. And somebody, so, people come into games now. Maybe. Which is interesting that a contender didn't want right. him well, to who go else, there. Who else did the Cavs have to, to draw people in? And so, Colin from, Sexton's intensity face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just back there shaking. <laughs> this is one of those times I wish we had a camera. <laughs> um, okay, so Drummond goes there, and I think the Pistons were just going to dump him. Why he didn't go to a contender? Not entirely sure, but it just didn't happen that way. That's fine. Drummond is going to be an unrestricted free agent. He, there is. I'm going to say it. There is zero. I will eat. I will eat my hat if he is a calf by the end of uh, the beginning of next season. Hold me to it. I will blend this thing up in a blender and eat it. All right. I want to wait. I want to. I want to introduce this one. Yes. Yes. All right. All, all I want to say: there's very little NBA that I can talk about without <coughs> with with knowing what I'm saying. It, did that make sense? Nope. Yep. Let's go. Cool. Um, so this is one of them. Uh, D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves. Um, this means things for both teams, um, both the Timberwolves and the Warriors. This means things for both teams. Very yes. Specifically well, okay, the so for the Timberwolves <laughs> and, that's it. and the Warriors, they're both bottom teams in the league, but the Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns on their team already. True. Um, and that's one superstar. Uh, by adding D'Angelo to the mix, uh, you now have another player in there. Young core. Who can... Um, Possibly revamp that team. So we what is, forget what does that this Cat mean? is twenty four years old. I yeah. feel like he's been in the league for like eight well, he's, years. He, he was a one and done out of Kentucky, I yeah. think. And yeah. so, so what does this yeah. mean for both teams, the Timberwolves and also the Warriors? Because it does, you know. Do you want to hit Timberwolves or Warriors? Um, I will take the Warriors. Okay, so for the Timberwolves, this is what it means. We were just talking about it. It's a young core. You got D'Lo. He's 23. He's, I think, a one and done from Wisconsin. Again, I'm not sure about these colleges. I'm like pretty sure, but I'm like not entirely positive. I got you. But bottom line, these there's a 23-year-old and a 24-year-old who both have an all-star pedigree. And so for the Wolves, this is kind of a high upside in the realm of who kind of wants to go to Minnesota. I I mean, it's it's very difficult, I think, for a, a, a market like that to be able to get players like this. So for them to get rid of Andrew Wiggins, is great. Andrew Wiggins is not going to be a warrior by any means. They're going to trade him away for nickels on the dollar. Yeah, so Cat went to Kentucky. And so, um, okay, so the, the thing about the, the Wolves is I think that's a big get for them because now they have this sort of like young duo. They can sell some tickets. I think they can get players to games. They can give Carl Anthony Towns a reason to stay in Minnesota because yeah. if I'm Cat with yeah. Andrew Wiggins I, at the end of my contract, I'm like, get me out of here. We're not winning here. We're not winning. What do they and, got, 19 wins? If you're, if you're that good of a player, then you want to be on a team that's going to get your ring. Yeah, so D'Lo gives them a chance to, that's like securing maybe Towns too, because they're also friends. This is where so you this is Carl Anthony them. Towns fan service for him, because it's like, here's like one of your best friends, maybe you guys can win a team as a dynamic duo. Good for the Wolves, in my opinion, Seth, you go for the Warriors. Golden State Warriors embracing the tank. But now, like vocally. Vocally yeah. embracing the tank. And so, more and more, we see teams just kind of like edging, you know, this this whole like, how far can we push this whole super tank game yeah. without the NBA or whatever league we play in, you know, not really caring or noticing. Um, really smart move by the Warriors, because in this rare case, you're a team who has most of your pieces. So you don't need a full rebuild because your full rebuild is just injured. They're just injured, yeah. There's there's a lot about the Warriors that I think is is crazy. This is like fascinating. The this fact season. that they had such a dynasty and are now they don't believe it's over. That's the it, thing. It is. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. because you have ste- you still have two of the best shooters that have ever touched the court. I'm not saying their good team Who is can't over. Can't right I'm now saying, touch the court. I'm saying their <laughs> dynasty. Like, walk. I'm saying their <laughs> dynasty is over. They're not. They sure, don't have sure, a, sure. The, yeah. the same stranglehold on the league. They're not a bad team. Um, they, but they uh, got Andrew Wiggins in return. Yeah, he's not a bad player. They're getting rid of him by the end of the season for sure. For sure, but for stuff, they're gonna get some stuff. For that, yeah, nothing. I think 
here's the uh, for me if I'm the Warriors I'm happier with the first round pick that I am Andrew Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell because D'Angelo Russell as an asset you can get more for than you can get Wiggins but with Wiggins you also get a couple picks from the Wolves who are historically bad and so I think that that's them banking on the Wolves being bad and that they're also getting Wiggins who they can trade for more picks if they get one hit of those many draft picks that they get, all they need is one. Yeah. They're a strong and playoff they're team. tanking. So they're they have their own first round draft yep. pick or whatever. I yep. assuming I actually don't know if they've traded that away in any of these trade I don't think they needed to. Maybe in the KD draft. And the lottery's wild, but who knows? That could be a number one. That could be a LaMelo? Are we seeing LaMelo in um in Golden State? Who knows? But who knows? I'll just say this to the to their account. They are tanking. It is obvious. This is like LeBron's year last year for the Golden State Warriors. It's a lost year. It's going to fade from the annals of history. They're going to give this one. I don't know. Clippers, Bucks, Lakers. We got a lot of play. We got a lot of teams who are really viable this year. Golden State is a resting giant. Be careful for them yep. because I also this is the same thing I was saying with the 49ers. Ironically, also from San Francisco. Um, these front offices to see how what they've done in their player acquisition let us not like if they don't have players that doesn't mean that their front office is bad right like the Knicks I don't trust the Knicks I don't trust the Knicks with like LeBron if LeBron was a Nick I wouldn't trust them (laughs) to be able to surround him with enough talent and because their front office is so terrible so Golden State will be a sleeping giant as long as their front office is as strong as they have been based on what they've shown us that's facts all right, and then uh, Clippers get Marcus Morris. That's huge, Quinn. I know that you want to talk about baseball, so I'll keep on oh, no, you're speeding. Good. Marcus Morris, as far as a defender, as far as a hustle player, I think um, I think that's a big get for them. Yep. That's a win now get. They got Isaiah Thomas as well in that trade with the. Which they'll probably give up. Yeah, they'll probably give up. I mean, the the, the Clippers are win now because don't yeah. forget Kawhi and Paul George are both on a two year contract. Right. So Kawhi and Paul George, they told the Clippers, "We are win now players." And so the Clippers are like, "All right, then we are giving ourselves two years to be able to make this happen." And so for this get, this is them loading up for the playoffs. Yep. This is them loading up for the playoffs. They are going to be very dangerous. I think they're more dangerous than the um, Lakers because personally, I have not seen a defense a defense team like the Clippers in a long long time I agree and they keep beating the Lakers yeah so. I I mean Paul George all team all all team all pro first team yeah. whatever you want to call him defender yeah Kawhi the same Patrick Beverly the same and now you got Marcus Morris on this team you got um Harrell oh my gosh I mean these these are lockdown guys yeah. who can like change games themselves and now they're all on the same team I think Doc Rivers is a great coach I I think the Clippers, I mean, my we can get to tinfoil hat takes later. I am high on the Clippers. They they beat out the Lakers today for the Marcus Morris. Lakers I want to I want to say still dangerous but less so I think. I want to save um a lot of basketball talk for the coming weeks because yeah. we are in the off season for no, the other right. two major yeah. uh, sports we talk about. So, um I'll wrap up the podcast uh just kind of on a little lighter note um cuz we didn't get to talk about it earlier. Um, the, and this can be our final little like thing. Um, the Astros did get their punishment in the hiatus. That oh, we just had. a little lighter thing, you know? The, yeah. The yeah. Got well, punished. so, <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is, I think I want to have a bigger discussion about this in yeah. the coming weeks because I think we can just dedicate one of our best talks was about the whole Astros. I, I do think debacle. this is a, and I'll expand on it again in a later podcast, but I, I think that this is a scandal that's going to be as big, if not bigger, than the steroid era. Um, yeah, baby. Tell me, Quinn. Tell me. But I also, this this is what this is about. I don't think the punishment for the Astros was harsh enough. What was it? Uh, slap on the wrist, basically. Cool. Um, they lost their first and second round picks for the next two years. <laughs> their uh, manager and GM both got... Uh, Banned, banned suspended, for a, suspended suspended for a year, year but yeah. it's not enough fired. i don't there's no, absolutely no not. there needs to be it needs to be such a horrible punishment that they never do it ever again this was rob like, manfred's what? chance to put his foot down on this this whole scandal the ball and was tell in his teams, car and he freaking whiffed in my opinion it's a whiff oh yeah absolutely this, yeah. this was his chance to tell the teams like hey we're not gonna stand for this this can't happen granted 
it is an incredibly harsh punishment for a team to lose their first and second round picks for two straight years. That's going to wreck them down the line. Yeah, but compared to a pennant, are you oh, kidding absolutely. me? You know, I, yeah, this, this again, is the we kind can of talk thing, about this later, but geez. I think I think they needed a much harsher punishment, and I, I think this is a slap in the wrist. This is this the thing that teams are going to say, oh, if they can get away That's with this worth kind the of risk. technological yeah, stuff, yeah. like if we have the money, the resources to do this, and this is the reason why I think this con- controversy is so huge is because only teams with the resources can do it. So yeah. it's the rich teams that are benefiting from this. You have I heard. think their punishment should have been being traded to the Mariners. <laughs> yes, just have been traded well, the, to the Mariners. The thing, the thing is, you've heard you've heard the rich teams uh, mentioned. There's, uh, you know, the Astros, the Red Sox, and the Yankees are now being uh, kind of kind of roped into it by people saying like, oh, probably this by Red Sox, by too. angry Red Sox fans. Yeah, like, right. can we just like say it? Well, uh, Chris Young, I think it was Chris Young, uh, said that he learned how to do the Apple watch thing that the Red Sox were caught doing from the Yankees. Oh, oh yeah. So now like other teams are getting roped into this. Anyway, it's this big debacle. I want to talk more about it on a future podcast. But yeah. One, just wanted to touch on it. Yeah. We are in the middle of it for sure right now. And I'm really interested to see how it develops. I think, uh, the bottom line is you might be right that this is, might be bigger than the steroid era. Um, because this is, I, to quote the matrix, like, I just want to see how far this rabbit hole goes, yeah. right? Like this is some red pill breaking news going on and I think that I believe that we're at the surface maybe I hope that we're at the surface and it meets for me projecting that reality but I really believe that this baseball scandal could go across all teams could go deeper than we know and yep. I mean I'll say it I hope it's true I think baseball could really use a scandal if we find sure. out 30 years from now that this was just a public uh, public uh, relations ploy a little publicity uh, for the sport I wouldn't be surprised and I'd we're be happy with, with it Awesome. I'm here for the drama, man. GPS Sports Season 2. It's hotter. It's louder. It's hotter. It's, it's louder. Juicier. Thank you for and joining us on uh, our first just, episode of we're Season 2. We're about Seth's forehead. Uh, if you've somehow stuck around to the end of this podcast, thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure to click that follow button. Smash on, that like. <laughs> on Spotify. Actually, fo- hey, follow us <laughs> because if you do, then that's good for our statistics. Once a week, baby. Uh, we're here. We're going to be coming out with a new episode every, check check every Friday morning because we record on Thursday night and I get around to editing Thursday night, hopefully. Yep. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us uh, and we'll see you guys next time on GPS Sports. <laughs>